0: Good morning, friends, and welcome to A Hasty Podcast. I'm your wet noodle. Sure, that's the one. I'm your wet noodle, Weston Hasty. You're listening to A Hasty Podcast. Uh, This podcast in particular is special and unique. Besides being episode, what is this now, 14? Are we on 14 or are we on 15? I'm not entirely sure. But this is a special podcast today in that I am actually uh, recording it, uh, on, on, on video. I almost said film, but film would be misleading, not on film, but on video as a sort of behind the scenes, uh, concept, right? So here's what I'm doing, right? It's a behind the scenes now, but it's so that I can kind of play around with the idea and maybe, uh, start posting video versions of the podcast to YouTube in the future. Now, I don't know when I'm going to start doing that or if I'm going to start doing that or et cetera. All of that is, is still very much... Um Uh, up in the air, (laughs) not decided on. When I originally uh, had the idea to start doing a podcast, I really didn't have much intention to put it on YouTube, although I have spent a lot of time on YouTube before doing a number of other projects, so it wasn't outside of the realm of possibility for me that I would one day want to put it on YouTube. The big hang-up for me was that I didn't really want to do another video project. The thing that I thought was really interesting to me from a sort of, I don't know, an artist's point of view is the fact that uh, the podcast is entirely audio-driven. And I think that that makes the podcasting experience unique in many ways to the different things that I do. But <laughs> because I am not satisfied to stick with only one project or another, I am recording this as a sort of test run to see what um, a video version of the podcast might look like. Because I figure there's there's always the obvious route to go. I could always just put the audio on YouTube and put up like a, a fancy schmancy graphic of some kind and that's, that's it. Totally fine. Totally legitimate. Completely fine. But the thing that makes YouTube special is video and if the audio podcast has no video component to it on YouTube I feel like it misses an opportunity or at least an opportunity is being missed to take YouTube at its fullest uh at its its fullest potential even if the video isn't particularly fancy schmancy super edited or anything like that at least there is some kind of moving element to the video. So that's what I'm doing. So it's a very special episode. I'll be posting uh, uh, this video recording to my Wizards Tower members only uh, behind the scenes uh, content on my Magic Man Mo channel, so it won't be publicly available, but if you're a member uh, on my Magic Man Mo channel, that is, you're one of the monthly supporters of the channel, you'll be able to see this little experiment that I put out eventually, whenever I put it up on the on the channel. So just consider this a little bit of a self-promotion, a little bit, um, and I will probably have more to say on the results of that, what I thought of it, and whether or not I will be going through with making more video versions of the podcast available on YouTube. I'll have more to say about that kind of stuff in the future, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. One, it's a little bit of a self-promo for my YouTube channel, which is uh, Magic Man Mo. That's my main one. I have other ones, but my main one, my baby, the one that I spend the most time on and produce the most content for, is my Let's Play slash streaming uh, channel called Magic Man Mo. You've probably, if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, you may have heard in passing that I do run a YouTube channel that I spend a lot of time on. And between that and uh, some a couple of video games I have to talk about, that's kind of the topic of today's uh, episode, basically, is that... Um, how do I begin? How do I begin? I am a Let's Player. I do make games. Uh, I don't make games. I make videos on games, um, on my YouTube channel. And at the same time, I also sell out because I'm a sellout. I sell out that that expertise, that skill, that what you call it, on uh, Fiverr. You may have heard if you've been listening to the podcast for some time. You may have heard that I have a Fiverr page and not to uh, brag or anything, not not to uh, really toot my own horn, but I am Fiverr's number one Let's Player on the entire platform. That's right, it's me, baby, I'm the number one. You didn't know I was famous, did you? <laughs> famous is a strong word, but I am the number one. There's been a few of us on uh, Fiverr over the years because I've, pa- I've paid attention to my quote-unquote like competition over time about, you know, who else is doing something at least similar to what I'm doing on the platform, and there have been others. There have been several before that are no longer doing that type of content on Fiverr, and there's some that have appeared semi-recently, not like, not really recently, but semi-recently, relatively speaking, and relative to how long I've been doing it, right? Uh, Some pop up every now and again, and it's always fun for me to uh, compare and contrast what I do with what they offer to do and what kind of content and quality uh, you can expect from their stuff. So I I always do my research. I always do my research. I I can't remember. Now that I think about I think there's three of us that kind of do what I do on Fiverr. It's me and there's two other people. Uh, One that uh, just just to explain what I do basically on Fiverr is that I offer to create a let's play video of your game. So you're a game developer. Uh, I'm more popular with uh, small developers, maybe a game made by a person or two, right? An app, some kind of mobile game. Occasionally, I've gotten some Steam game. uh, But the idea is that's kind of what I'm popular with. And they approach me and they're like, here's my game. Uh, Here's uh, what we kind of want shown off about it. But for the most part, what I do is just give me your game. And for some length of time that we have determined. Uh, Based on my rates on Fiverr for some length of time, I will do a recording session and then edit that down into a Let's Play video that appears on my YouTube channel. And I think there's two other people on Fiverr that kind of do something similar to what I do at the moment. One that does basically what I do and another one that does basically what I do. But I think in German, I think they're a German YouTuber. So um, hitting kind of an audience there that I I can't uh, perform for as a non-German speaker uh, there's a couple of people that will do gaming stuff on Fiverr. There's actually a lot of people that will just play a game with you on Fiverr, I guess, if you're just really lonely or really trying to pad out, like, a, a party on Fortnite or something like that. I don't know. I've seen, because I've seen all kinds. Oh, excuse me. I've seen people uh, offer to play Fortnite with you or to play Roblox with you or to some kind of multiplayer game. I've seen that. And I can't imagine what that gig must look like. I can't imagine ordering that gig and then just connecting with some random stranger that you're paying to be there with you to play some game with you. That's like that sounds so lonely and so sad. There's quite a few uh, offerings like that on the platform. I'm not counting them. (laughs) But uh, again, I've I've just been bragging that uh, I'm the number one Let's Player on Fiverr, and I have over 100 five-star reviews to back that information up. So <laughs> I'm not just I'm not just talking out my butt. I'm pretty happy about that. I'm pretty proud about that. I've almost earned a level two seller rank on Fiverr, <laughs> which means nothing to the consumer. It just means to me uh, as a seller uh, that that just means the Fiverr algorithm promotes me more and likes me more. That, that's all that means. But uh, <laughs> without getting too, into too much detail about all of that. The reason I bring all of that up is to give you context for the fact that I do Let's Plays on YouTube, uh, that I have a Fiverr page regarding my Let's Plays on YouTube, and that I have been paid to play games on my YouTube channel. Despite being incredibly small, you might be thinking to yourself, oh wow, especially if you haven't seen my YouTube channel before, you might be thinking to yourself, oh wow, Uh, uh, Weston, you must have a big channel. I do not. I do not have a big channel. In fact, that is one of the major draws to people that, um, uh, want my gig is that because I don't have a huge audience, I'm pretty cheap. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty cheap. I'm a cheap way of just getting a video made, um, as opposed to trying to go to someone big and saying, here's like thousands of dollars for my Raid Shadow Legends, uh, uh advertisement or whatever. I, I'm very, very low key, very cheap. I'm very budget friendly for an indie developer. Um, in that regard so there's not a lot of people that see these videos but if if you have a video available there's always the potential that you will down the line and of course you can always send people to my video to see to, to kind of show off what your game's about and it's not uh, Uh, The difference between what I can provide in one of my videos versus what a developer can provide is that I kind of have a little bit more charisma than some developers do. A manner of speaking to people on camera. A lot of developers are not comfortable with talking and doing a Let's play type thing on camera. Uh, Some of them are okay with editing a video of just gameplay, but in terms of like commentary and discussing a game over video, a lot of developers aren't comfortable with that. And I provide that. That's what I provide. And I bring all that up, (laughs) again, to talk about a couple of games that I've been playing uh, from my Fiverr page. Uh, Because we do talk about video games a bit on this uh, podcast. I know it's rare. (laughs) It feels a lot more rare than it should for someone who has a Let's Play channel. But we do talk about games here on the podcast. And I've been playing two games from a couple of orders on Fiverr. I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical. Uh, skeptical is that the word? I'm skittish? I don't know what the word is about whether or not I should talk about my Fiverr orders or not on the podcast. But hey, no one listens to the podcast, so <laughs> other than you, of course, you dear listener, you listen, of course, of course, of course. You know what I mean, though. You know what I mean, though. Um, a couple of games uh, I've been recently uh, asked to play. And this is not sponsored, by the way. I've not been paid to talk about this on the podcast. I just thought that this makes good podcast content. But two games that are kind of interesting in their own right, and I'm curious to see what you all have to say or think about this. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, at Weston Hasty, or using the hashtag, hashtag #HastyPodcast, we can kind of maybe open a little bit of a discussion about this. Two games I want to discuss. One called Megopoly. Uh, I forget what the URL is for. It's a browser game. I think it's playmegopoly. I, I can look that up real quick. Playmeg Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playmegopoly.com is the browser page for it. it's a game that you can play in your browser and you can play on your phone if you want. If you play it from your browser in your phone, but it's not an app. Uh, there's that. And then the other one that I want to talk about a little bit is Delta Light. I believe is what it was called. Yes, Delta Light. These two games, two very different games, but um, also very different from what I often get paid to play on Fiverr. So I thought they were kind of interesting in their own right, in the sense that they're not something that I tend to play very much in general, um, even in my own time. And I've got some thoughts on them, and I'd love to hear from you guys as well. I'm going to sippy sip that water. Mmm. Yeah. I like how when I take a little uh, drink break, sometimes when I'm in editing, which I really don't edit the podcast, but when I'm like listening through a little bit just to hear how things are going, I can hear myself like sip and like swallow down whatever I'm drinking, coffee, water, whatever it is. And I'm like, "Mm, that good ASMR. (laughs) I'm sure everyone appreciates that. The first game I'd like to talk about is Megapoly. It's weird because I'm not entirely sure what the sort of monetization plan of this game is going to be, but hear me out. It is a online multiplayer board game MMO. (laughs) I, I know by saying MMO, I kind of said multiplayer twice, but you play it online. It's basically a rip on Monopoly, right? It's that concept as a game. And it's, at least branded as an MMO. I've not seen a massive number of players on at one time myself, but to be fair, I've only actually spent half an hour playing the game, to be fair, so I haven't been on for a huge amount of time to see whether or not the player base spikes or dips at certain points in the day or on what day, as MMOs are wont to do. And this is a new game. I don't know when they actually launched, but it's, it's new for sure. And it's only recently launched. And like I say, it's an MMO style on Monopoly. So I don't know what future content they have in mind for it. But the idea is you start when you make an account, it's a free account. You start with like 100,000 credits, which is like their Monopoly money, right? (laughs) And you go around the board. It's not a square board like Monopoly. They've got like some zigzags in it, so it's kind of more fun to look at, but it's basically a Monopoly board. And you go around, and you land on these different property tiles, and there's a number of different kinds. I don't think it makes a huge difference right now at this stage in the game, whether or not you land on an entertainment or a hospital or a hotel square, etc. They're all properties. But when you land on a property, as opposed to buying the entirety of the property, you buy a share in that property. And to my knowledge, as far as I've been able to do so far in through my playing of the game, I can only buy buy one share at a time. So if you want more shares in a property, you have to keep going around the board and hit it multiple times. And each property, you can buy up to 100 shares in that property. And whenever someone lands on your property, you get paid rent, just like Monopoly. Um... And interestingly enough, I think every player on the board can have the up to 100 shares. I'm a little unclear about like whether the shares are split or not. I think I want to say that the shares are split. So I want to say like, you know, you can have 30 and someone else can have 20 and someone else can have 40 and someone else can have 10 and that would be 100 shares. I want to say that that's how it works, but I actually can't confirm that for the time that I spent playing it. Uh, Because there is a function where you can lock in your shares. There's an item you can get to lock in your shares. So I suspect there is a way for other players to buy out your shares in the game. I didn't get to the point where I got to see that. Because again, with there being 100 shares, and again, only being able to buy one at a time, you have to go around the board a lot of times and hit up properties a lot to see that happen. And the game's still very new. So I didn't run into that issue, but that's my suspicion. Which is kind of a really weird and interesting concept in how the property management works because the more shares in a property the more expensive it becomes so like the rent on a property if you're familiar with monopoly if you own monopoly if you own an entire property the rent might be 20 bucks when you land on a property so a player lands on that property they pay their 20 bucks to whoever owns it in this game if a player lands on property they pay out rent for every share on that property to every player with that share so if the rent is 20 bucks and I have two shares, you're not paying me 20 bucks, you're paying me 40 bucks. So it's kind of like in Monopoly, how you build hotels and, and, and uh, motels or whatever the heck they're, the houses and the ho- hotels, that's what it was. And Monopoly, you build on it. In this game, you have multiple. you just have multiple shares and multiple players can have those shares. So it's really interesting in that sense that the properties are being shared between the players and that's how the rent goes up over time. And in fact, there's a diminishing amount of money in the game at any given time, because whenever you buy a share, there's a tax rate on it. Like, and it's tiny, it's like 1%, basically. But that means every time you buy things in the game, that's why I think you can buy shares out from underneath people as the game progresses, but I just didn't get to that point. Because over time, the tax rate takes money out of the game. So slowly, very, you know, slowly, eventually, there's less money to go around, and eventually, there's one player standing, right? That's kind of the idea. The weird, the weirdness about that, though, is that it is an MMO, so I I don't know how the boards are split up between the players. It's very strange. It's a very strange setup um, that interests me, but because it's like an MMO, and it's kind of slow-paced because there's so many shares, you can kind of play it casually over time. Like, you can just stop playing it and go offline and come back to it later and the game keeps running you know other players are still playing it or whatever they're still you're still collecting uh uh, money on your property i guess is the idea that's still happening it's very weird and i i almost suggest you either check it out or check out my video of it to get an idea i i'm kind of like advertising my own youtube video a little bit but if you don't want to make an account you can go watch my video for just a little bit of it and and kind of check out what i'm talking about here because it's super weird it's a super weird game and one of the draws it's trying to use to bring people in is that the more you play the game you can unlock uh, more of this premium currency besides the credits i think they're just called coins or gold coins it's their premium currency but instead of you paying for that premium currency they pay you that premium currency And the more you play the game, you can use that to unlock digital rewards. You've probably seen mobile apps use a similar uh, sort of process to try to reward you for one thing or another by watching ads, maybe earn currency, and you can use that to get, like, gift cards at Google Play Store Amazon or something like that. This game kind of has that similar concept, although you do need a lot of premium currency to start unlocking it. Like a million of these uh, gold coins gets you a $10 Amazon gift card. And in the half hour that I spent playing the game with... um, like 20,000 credits invested into these properties. I did manage to earn something like five or six of these gold coins. So in half an hour, starting the game out brand new, I'm nowhere close to earning any kind of real-life reward. But um, I I mentioned that because that is one of the draws they're trying to use in the game. But don't think that you're just going to jump in, gamify it, play the game for an hour, and walk out with hundreds of dollars of Amazon gift cards. But it is definitely something worth uh, looking into if that's something that piques your curiosity, there's no, like, you don't have to associate a bank account or a credit card or anything like that to the game, so it seems risk-free to me. Um, It's just such a weird concept. I'm not sure where they're getting the money for these gift cards at the moment, because at this stage, because the game's still so new, I haven't seen really any advertising, sent my way and i haven't paid for any kind of premium stuff there are items and things you can get in the game that at this time i don't think you can buy outright if you want to because there's tiles on the board where you can get these tokens and these tokens can give you more movement spaces to go around the board they can um, give you discounts on buying shares as you go around the board and uh, you can get more locks to lock in your shares like i I mentioned earlier and it seems like there's even more items that i haven't had the chance to see yet myself um but yeah, it's a super weird board game MMO, and I just wanted to bring that up because it I've never heard of a game being like this before, and I don't know that there ever has been. So if that's something that piques your curiosity, I would love to hear from any of you <laughs> what you think of the concept. It's a weird concept, uh, and that's, again, Megopoly uh, at, me- at uh, playmegopoly.com. The other game I've been working on here lately uh, that I made a video for it, Delta Light. It's a more standard game, more typical, regular game uh, in the sense that you just get it on Steam. And uh, it's a, how do they describe it? A strategy puzzle situation? Yeah, they call it an ar- a retro arcade strategy puzzle game is how they describe it. Which is, I'm sure, true, but that's so broad of a sort of genre or mix of genres, rather. And it's like, I've seen games like this before, or at least mini games like this before, and I'm not sure what they're called, but the idea is you have this big grid of squares and you, as your character, kind of move into this grid and try to like section off parts of the grid to erase it, right? So <laughs> it's very, it's going to be very hard for me to, to describe in words, Um, there's enemies that move around on the grid as well, and you have to avoid them. So while you're moving into the grid, you form a line starting from wherever you entered from outside the grid. You form a line, and you can move wherever in the grid you want. And if an enemy touches you or your line, you take damage, your line is erased, and you have to continue on, or you die if you've run out of uh, of hits. You you do have a certain, certain number of hearts. So you can take so many hits before you just outright die and lose the level. But um, the idea is to try to section off parts of this grid without taking damage. And if you get from outside the grid, cut into it, and form a line, and then leave the grid again, whatever you sort of sectioned off gets deleted from the grid. And you're trying to delete as much of the grid as possible. If there's an enemy within the section that you uh, sort of sectioned off, then that half doesn't get deleted, just the squares that you sort of moved through it's it's very difficult to put into words if you saw a picture of this game or a video of this game you'd immediately understand what i'm talking about you'd be like oh i get what you're saying i don't know what you call this type of game because i've seen it before it's not a brand new concept really uh but it's pretty neat it's a nifty game it's by an indie studio flatbox studios uh is what it's called on on steam and they they're trying to aim for this 1980s uh, synthwave look to it. It's that sort of, you know, neon purple (laughs) sort of situation. You'd know what, again, this is, you'd know if you saw it, but um, me not being an 80s child, I don't know what to call it. And you play as this little ghost character, and you move around the grid, and there's a number of different items, Uh, you can get while avoiding a number of different enemies. There's a number of different enemies. There's your typical kind of like just floats around and bumps into things, enemy to avoid, all the way to different enemies that actually target and try to pursue you. There's only like five or six different enemies. There's not a huge number of them, but the game gets more complex as you go and it starts throwing in multiple enemies and changes up the different shapes and sizes of the grid. And it gets more complex as you go. My favorite are the uh, terrifying black hole. Uh, enemies that like they, I don't think they pursue you, but they're like really fast and they leave a trail of little black hole circles behind them and you can't hit any of it or you take damage. They're terrifying. Um, uh, they're my favorite just cause they look neat. I think they look neat anyway, but, uh, yeah, that's that game, and it's got a level editor that I think is really super uh, neat. That you can share with people that also have the game, and you can have people play your level. I will say that if you make your level too complicated, the the actual code you get to share with people, because you can tweet out this code. There's a, it's built into the game. You can you can click on the tweet button, and it'll go to your Twitter account, and you can like tweet out the code for people to play if you wanted to. I will say if your level is too complicated, the code is too long for a tweet. Um, So that's a little bit, uh, a little bit overlooked, but (laughs) as I found out while I was playing, I made a very complicated level that I I couldn't beat myself. I was having too much trouble because in order to beat a level, you have to section off 80% of that grid I was talking about. Once you hit 80% or above, uh, you win. And I made, I put a lot of enemies and it was getting really hard to like get into the grid and section parts of the grid off without taking damage. So needless to say, it's kind of like, uh, You know, imagine like Mario Maker, but it's this 2D uh, grid strategy puzzle game thing. And I think it's neat. Again, I don't think it's a completely original concept, but it's well done for an indie game. I will say on Steam, I didn't realize this when I played it. I didn't realize this when I played it, but later when I was kind of doing my uh, research into it, because I try to go into my games blind, so I don't really know what to expect right away when I'm playing it. And then after i'm finished with a game sometimes i go through and look kind of look at the game a little bit further and see if there's anything that i missed about the game uh in terms of content or any pointers that i I should have hit and didn't that just that kind of thing and usually i don't usually i don't miss much or if there's something i missed it's because it was outside the scope of my video just looking this up i got the game for free but on steam it's a little it's a little pricey it's a 13 dollar game um and I want to support it as an indie game, personally, because it wasn't bad. It certainly wasn't bad. I've, I've played my fair share of garbage, okay? I've played my fair share of garbage on Fiverr. I'm not going to call anyone out right now, uh, but it has happened. And, <laughs> and it's not a bad game, and it's an indie game, and it's a neat game, but it also feels like it would be at home um, on mobile a little bit. I don't, they'd have to do something with the control scheme to get the controls to feel good. And you'd probably want to play it on a bigger screen to make it work, but it's got, it's got kind of that casual gaming feel to it. Right. So for being a casual game, 13 seems a little steep. So I, I don't know, I would recommend it on sale, honestly, but that does kind of beg the question in my mind, and this is the topic that's a little bit more interesting for me um i'll have links to that megapoly game and this delta light down in the description of this podcast so wherever you're listening to this check out the description you can get a link to this so that you, you kind of know what i'm talking about but with all of what i said in mind with delta light the thing that kind of i think is more interesting as a topic is what would you charge for a game like this it's a full game release it's a, it's a game right uh, it's not an app, it's not on the browser, it's, it's a Steam game. What would you charge for something like this? Especially when I'm coming from the point of view as someone who does play quite a few mobile games um, that are free because charging money on mobile games is kind of risky business these days. That's it, that's a good way to, to to kind of cut out a large demographic of players. And because it's a casual game, it's not a mobile game, but it's a casual game. It's reminiscent of something that you might see on mobile. What's an appropriate price? Because on mobile, you'd expect free, and then watch like probably a god awful number of advertisements. But <laughs> you'd expect it to be free, or if it was a paid app, maybe a buck or two or three. It's kind of hard to say um, exactly. But since this isn't a mobile game, it's on Steam, and it's an indie game, so you want it to do well. You don't. You wouldn't want it to be a dollar, two, or three on Steam, because if it's like a dollar. Especially if, if you're familiar with Steam, a lot of games that are a dollar or three on Steam are just uh, achievement. What, what do they call them on Steam? Achievement, trophies, wh- whatever they call that. Achievements, I think. They're just achievement games where people just accumulate as many achievements and badges and things on Steam as they possibly can. I, that that it, that's like a whole just meta game that people do. They buy into these very cheap games that have like a hundred achievements in them. And the more achievements you collect, the more badges you can get on Steam and badges you can use to craft into uh, Steam stuff or you can sell it on Steam's uh, uh, community something or other market, community market. If you're not familiar with that world, don't worry. That's a whole meta world that you really don't need to dive into and I don't recommend it, <laughs> but... That's my sort of question. You don't want to charge like a buck or two because that kind of implies that you're probably that type of game. But what would be appropriate? Five bucks? Ten bucks? I don't know. It's very interesting. It's a $13 game. It's a weird number. 13. It's twelve ninety nine. dollars I don't know if that's because it's some other weird amount and maybe, I don't know, in pounds or something. I I don't know what the like, what this game's based out of. I don't know where the studio is based out of. But just $13 seems like a weirdly arbitrary number. But at the same time, like, it's got to be calculated, right? There's got to be a reason for that. What would you pay for something like that? I don't know. It's very curious. It, it got me to wondering a little bit. Because it's a neat game. But it's also a very casual game. Um, and yeah, that's kind of all I have for that. I'm quickly, quickly out of time. Uh, I have many more... Fiber stories and games I could probably talk about in the future, but this is what I had time for today. If you have any questions or you'd like to follow up on any of the topics that we discussed today on the podcast, please hit me up at, uh, on Twitter at WestonHasty or using the hashtag hastypodcast. You can uh, listen to my podcast everywhere um, that you can. <laughs> Not at everywhere, but everywhere that you can. If you go to anchor.fm4 slash hastypodcast or at my webpage, WestonHasty.com. you can check out other links to where you can hear this podcast on Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and wherever else in the future, maybe in the future, on YouTube as well. Um, that's probably all I have for today. If you'd like to support the podcast financially because you're feeling generous like that, I have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash WestonHasty, or you can support me through Anchor as well at anchor.fm forward slash Podcast. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you all so much for listening. That's all I got. (laughs) Wash your hands. We'll see you. Bye. I need a better outro, guys. I need a better outro.